Hello, ghosties. I'm Chance Lee. And I'm Amanda McAvoy. And this is That's So Gothic, a movie podcast about girls, guys, and haunted houses. And today we are talking about a movie where Jack Nicholson pees on James Spader. It's Wolf! be something wild within. You've been sleeping all day. How do you feel? I feel... Uh, good. It is Mexican. Independence Day. I thought I'd meet a good man who looked at me the way you do. You don't know I'm a good man. Are you crazy? No. I'm just marking my territory. You got five new murders. What is there about a full moon? All right, released in 1994, Wolf was directed by Mike Nichols. It was written by Jim Harrison, Wesley Strick, and according to Wikipedia, an uncredited Elaine May, who was with Mike Nichols for a long time. Um, it stars Jack Nicholson as Will Randall, a book editor, Michelle Pfeiffer as Laura, his boss's daughter, James Spader as Stuart, his young rival. And it features Allison Janney as party guest number two and <laughs> and David Schwimmer as cop number two. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Jack, yes. I was, was, is there an NBC like executive on this? Because David Hyde Pierce is in it too. All these 90s oh, yeah. like, NBC stars are in this movie. Oh, um, but this is the story of petty upper class publishing house drama and mm -hmm. like also a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It's so strange. <laughs> so um, Wolf grossed $131 million internationally against a $70 million budget, which is astronomical. Yeah. Um, it has a 62% critical tomato and a 43% audience tomato. Yeah. Ebert gave it three stars. Really? He, he called it, quote, a canny portrait of the emotional climate in the New York publishing industry. Okay, Ebert. <laughs> 
He does say he has no idea where all the $70 million went on this movie. Mm. Yeah, that's a very, very apt point. Mm -hmm. um, and it has it has a few. We've got a few that's so gothic returning, returning favorites. So the writer Wesley Strick wrote Batman Returns. He was one of the writers okay. in Batman Returns. Uh -huh. um, he, he also wrote the um, the Martin Scorsese Cape Fear with De Niro. Oh, wow. Look at that. And he wrote Arachnophobia in 1990. Ooh, I have not seen that. It's good, especially if you are scared of spiders. I am not scared of spiders, but I like watching them. So maybe I'll have a different reaction. There's oh, no, do they die? So many spiders. No, no, no. There's just, oh. you might like it because there are, are so many real spiders in this movie. Ooh, like fun. crawling over everything. Yeah, I, do, I like that. I might have to watch that. You might enjoy it. Yeah. Um, we have Anne Roth. It did the costumes, uh, just like she oh. did for The Village. Yeah. Um, we have Michelle Pfeiffer, of course. Catwoman of course. herself. Yep. And then we have some new faces to that So Gothic, like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, right. We haven't talked about mm -hmm. him at all. No. Welcome wow. welcome to the podcast, Jack Nicholson. The star of The Shining. Yep. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Anger Management. Anger Jack Management. <laughs> I remember there was like five years where he would just go to the Oscars and sit in the front row wearing sunglasses. Yes. Yeah. He was a He's fixture. Sunglasses. Mm -hmm. yeah. He and Michelle Pfeiffer were 21 years different apart. It shows. Yep. And more. yeah. And he like, so, so I'll say you and I saw the shining recently in the yep. theater, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson's crazy in that, but really, mm -hmm. I thought kind of nuanced and good. Yes. And he doesn't really do much in this movie. No, I was really hoping for more of a over-the-top performance. Like, I was expecting more from him between The Shining. I had recently watched him as um, What's-His-Face in Batman. Um, well, yeah, The Joker. The Joker, yeah, yeah. Um, and he really plays this role a little bit, a little bit straight and it's mm -hmm. a little disappointing. It's true. We, we do have James Spader who spoiler alert will become a werewolf by the end of the movie. Yeah. And he is leaning into it. He's pretty wild. He's pretty wild. <laughs> they give him these crazy contacts and yes. And he just looks like he's creeping around. Yeah. And he's like always like sniffing people. <laughs> weird he's yeah a weird he's he's, dude. he's very weird in this yeah um oh i forgot we have richard jenkins who was in let me in um right. but he doesn't get a lot to do he's a police detective who shows up like 15 minutes before the movie ends yeah yeah who is um uh the famous actor who's michelle pfeiffer's dad um oh <laughs> I, yeah christopher face? Plummer. Yeah, Christopher Plummer, which is funny because right before I watched Wolf, I watched The Sound of Music for the first time. So that was quite a... Is he in uh, that? Is that his thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the... I've never yeah. seen it. Oh, really? Well, I mean, to be yeah. fair, it took me 30 years to see it. Um, but yeah, he's like the the main... He's like Greensleeves? He's the father. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to say it's a 180 because, again, I feel like he doesn't do a whole lot in Wolf, but it's definitely a tonal shift. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 He's the publishing 
house owner. Yeah, Jack he, he's the one the, who takes it over. Is he? Is that what it is? He's the new owner. There's yeah. some a lot of the intricacies. Yeah. It's like again, like Ebert said, this is the intricacies of a publishing house takeover in New York. Right. For, I don't know the first hour and fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's like network, but with books. <laughs> yes, and yeah. even though I'm kind of making fun of it, I liked that part of the movie more than <laughs> the wolf part. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Which says something. I thought a lot of the scenes were funny, at least. Yeah, yeah. So this was directed by Mike Nichols, who was best known for The Graduate. Hmm. Have you ever seen The Graduate? I have not. Me neither. Oh, wow. I don't like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that's why I've never seen The Graduate, but upon, you know, retrospect, yeah, he's never really done anything for me. No, um, but Mike Nichols also did Closer, which is a movie that I liked. It's like Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I saw that a long time ago. Natalie Portman, Jude Law, right. Clive Owen, and Julia Roberts. Mm. And they're just four angry, depressed, straight people. Right, right. And it's like a bunch of love triangles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do kind of vaguely remember that. It was very raw and intense and i liked that yeah yeah this movie i still i'm not quite sure what it is but maybe we'll figure it out by the end of the by the end of the podcast i did read that initially in the michelle pfeiffer role they cast sharon stone Hmm. interesting and i didn't realize so michelle pfeiffer and sharon stone were born literally a month apart really Mm -hmm. oh i was gonna ask is sharon stone older but um, she's always okay. read older to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just is, you know, she's been cast in more like mature roles. And I mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm imagining it, but I feel like Michelle, um, Sharon Stone has been acting longer. I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, yeah, that would have been an interesting. I think it would have, I don't know. Because Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, in this movie, much like most people in this movie, she doesn't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're definitely trying to set her up as this, like, you know, very aloof, ingenue kind of like, you know, I don't know. Like, she's just, her whole thing is like that she's beautiful, but, you know, people keep describing her as like, you know, not having a personality and like really weird, like insults to her. Yes. And, I don't know that a different actress would have fixed that because even though they're insults, I think it's also kind of true of the character. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's such a weird role. I don't understand why anyone would take this role, especially yeah. someone of either of their calibers at this point. Right. Yeah. They were both like top of their game. Yeah. So they must have gotten paid a significant chunk of that $70 million yeah. to be in this. Yeah. I don't know if I've said it yet on the podcast. I think I said it to you earlier. Michelle Pfeiffer is so hot in this movie. Like she is. she is like peak. Do you remember there was like, I think it was like the summer of like 2016 or something. There was two separate songs that came out that name dropped Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. And it's like, I, I understood, like, don't get me wrong. But also at that point, the only thing I knew Michelle Pfeiffer from was um Stardust with um okay Okay. (laughs) she's like a witch in it and you know it's later in her career so she's a mature woman still beautiful 
but like watching this movie I was like I get it I get why people have written songs about her she is so drop dead stunningly gorgeous in this Mm -hmm. oh I think she's one of the prettiest people that's like walked the face of the planet yeah and such a talented actor too yeah um because even though and she has charisma so even though she literally has nothing to do in this movie you're still inclined to watch her exactly it would have been yeah if someone and and that Sharon, I think Sharon Stone has an incredible amount of charisma too. Um, yes. So on one hand, it's like, oh, I would prefer maybe if there was some unknown in the role, mm. but they would have to be really good. The, yeah, exactly. They they would have a lot to work. They would have a lot of work to do because they have nothing to work with. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to make yeah. something out of nothing, and that's always a challenge. Right. Um, we also have David Hyde Pierce from Frasier. Yes, he's this. great. He's so great. They forget about him 30 minutes yes. into the movie. But I was like, I, I was like, I thought Frasier was on, I don't know, like in the 80s. I was like, wasn't Frasier yeah. a big deal by now? But so Frasier premiered the same year. Um, really? Yeah. So this was quite the year for David Hyde Pierce because he has a supporting role in this. Frasier takes yeah. off. And he has in one scene in Adam's Family Values. Oh, wow. He was really knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. tr- he was working, you know, working actor. And then it's right. like, you know, he gets Frasier and doesn't have to do anything ever again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because, yeah, I only know him. I don't know if he's done anything else. Like, I only know him from Frasier and now this movie. And I'm like, he does a really good job playing this, like, anxious, wiry little guy (laughs) yes yes he's he's you know it's only two things but i feel like he got a little typecast which is fine he does a great job and he's so much fun it's his role for sure and i like his voice and yeah he yeah he adds a lot of comic relief early on which i found Mm -hmm. amusing yeah he's great but let's talk about the movie we'll get into the plot summary of this we begin I, I don't even know if they tell us why, but Jack Nicholson, who plays Will Randall, is driving through a snowy woods in Vermont. Yep. And he hits a wolf and inexplicably gets out of the car to check on it. And Can I say one thing? Please. You say it's inexplicable, but literally not even a month ago, my dad was driving and he hit a deer and the deer was fine it got up and it walked away my father drove maybe two minutes down the road and decided i better go check on this deer so he turned around and he almost hit it again so so do not underestimate a man's ability to whatever reason insert themselves into i don't know the food chain like they have to know funny so that read very real to me <laughs> i love that i love that reading of this because other yeah. words it's just like what is why is he doing this <laughs> why, why this is, is he doing like this? the only other living creature that he shows any sort of compassion for in this entire <laughs> yes, movie is that is true that he is my father is my father is nothing like Jack nicholson in the wolf so i will say <laughs> character difference though yes i was just like <laughs> oh my god so the wolf of course bites him there's all yep. these I thought they were like wolf puppets. Like they look like animatronic yeah. wolves in the woods, but there's a whole credit in the credits for like wolf wranglers. And I'm like, really? What weird, real, real wolves? What, what? <laughs> this is a tough one. What real wolves did they wrangle? That's the new tongue yeah. twister. What real wolves are you wrangling? <laughs> wrangle what real wolves? What, what werewolves wrangle? 
yeah. what? 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 <laughs> I, so because they look like puppets to me, and they like do. I mean, clearly the one the one he hit though it has this really cool eye, like the eye dilates mm. and everything. So yeah, yeah. But it's like there's real wolves in this movie, yeah. so. We won't li- really think about this for quite a while. Like yeah. very low key, we'll think about some wolves. But most of this drama is him getting demoted in mm-hmm. this publishing firm that's being taken over. And he's being replaced by the young upstart, Stuart, played yeah. by James Spader. But mm-hmm. the Will, the Jack Nicholson character, is starting to develop super senses. And yeah. he smells the alcohol on someone's breath. And <laughs> yeah. He can sit in his office. They have this really cool building that they work in mm. um, with the like elevators that have the cages yes. that are going up and down. Yeah, you and, can like watch people go up and down. I love that. Yeah, it's so neat and it's open so he can like mm. listen to everything. And one of the things I thought it was funny that he heard someone, I have someone, I don't remember even the context of it, but someone goes, who did he think he was? Seinfeld or something? <laughs> which is like Classic. so 1994. Yep. Um, and so that's like, honestly, I don't know. The first hour of this movie yeah. is just him being anxious about losing his job. He finds out that James Spader is having an affair with his wife mm-hmm. and leaves her. He kind of schemes to get his job back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he's just really kind of grumpy. Right. And like, just a side note, about him scheming to get the job back it's it's because i think doesn't he like go straight to the guy who um bought out the company who is mm-hmm. what's his face Plumber. mr sound of me yeah yeah and basically i think doesn't he just kind of like ask him am i remembering that wrong like it's very simple yeah he says maybe yeah yeah you can oh because i think he's gonna like steal some of the clients or something oh that's right he gets yeah, David so Hyde Pierce and his yes. other assistant to help him wrangle up some clients and right. then says, I'm going to take them unless you let me keep this job. Yeah. So and it's a says, little bit okay. of scheming, but it's not yeah. that like intense. And I mean, David and uh, not David Plummer, whatever Plummer, he's very like, there's like a scene where he's like, give him whatever he wants. Like, oh, and he like says like, I want to get paid more. And he's like, give it to him. Like, it's, yeah, it, it seems too easy. It's very simple. It's literally yeah. maybe two scenes. Yeah. And he does it at some sort of garden party because that's where mm. we meet the Michelle Pfeiffer character. Yeah. And she keeps, she lives on this gorgeous estate that is her father's, mm-hmm. even though she's, I mean, at the time, Michelle Pfeiffer herself was in her 30s. So I don't know how yeah. old this character is supposed to be. She yeah. lives in the guest house. She keeps horses in the barn. The horses freak out every time Jack Nicholson comes near. Horses hate him. Yes. The predator, yep. the alpha male is here. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of alpha male, I found this article that I'll mention a couple of times uh, as we do this podcast that I found on, someone just wrote it on Medium, the website where people write things. Mm. Her name is Honoria Valamon. And she wrote maybe like five or six different blogs. This person didn't Mm. write a lot, but she has this brilliant blog about Wolf um, where she talks about how she likes to watch it every year. And she calls it uh, the midlife crisis movie. Oh, And she gets into how it's 
a metaphor for the white male midlife crisis. I definitely see that. And so she also wrote about Bridget Jones's diary, which so oh. love her. And yeah. and the Rebecca with Army Hammer. So we oh. track her down and invite her on the podcast. She has a lot of great yeah. film opinions. But Hell she yeah. pulls out, I think this is the party scene where Allison Janney is literally an extra, like in the background. <laughs> yeah. And she gets like two speaking lines. But he goes off on this rant and pe people are talking about like global warming or something. And he's yeah. like, you can make the case that the world is already ended, that art is dead, that instead of art, we have pop culture, daytime TV, gay senior citizens, women who have been raped by their dentists confiding in Oprah, an exploration in depth of why women cut off their husband's penis. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. It, and she she pulls out this quote and talks about it, how like it's all of this, his anxiety over the decentering of the white heterosexual male, because um, all wow. of these things are just, you know, not about yeah. him. Wow. What a good observation. She has a lot of very good observations. Yeah. I will link to this article in our in our show Please notes do. so people can read it. Yeah, that's always what's like unfortunate when a movie... <laughs> kind of ends up being bad but it or at least in my opinion bad um but at least like this is so fascinating I need to read this article afterwards because like I love it when people take a movie that is not done maybe well and looks at it with a different perspective and that is so clever thinking of it as this you know white male middle life crisis thing um and especially right now, like, there's a lot. I don't know how, like, in touch you are with, like, YouTube and TikTok trends. But right now, there's, like, this huge discourse about, like, alpha males and betas. Oh. And then there's, okay. like, this, like, third type that just came out. So Ooh, what's the this, third type? I think it's Omega. And it's, like, oh, oh, I think it's Omega. I could be wrong. You know, fact check me in, in the comments. Um, and it's, like, alpha and, like, Omega are, like rivals and because okay. alpha males i've only watched like video essays on this like alpha males actually that could be like an interesting like interpretation of this movie like will versus um james spader's character because like yeah alpha is he males, an omega i think is... will might be an omega because omegas okay. their whole thing is that they're kind of like solitary and they're like too cool for school and like they don't actually okay. really care about like accolades oh. and stuff okay yeah and then alphas are like big and showy and like but very interesting i wish i had like thought of that more before because i think that <laughs> lends That's to an actually interesting conversation about a movie that i personally don't think is that interesting so what was what was the author's name again of the article her name is Honoria Valamon. Honoria, good on you. I love this. Mm -hmm. Love her. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because, yeah, these archetypes have existed for a long time, even if they weren't yeah. necessarily labeled. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And we will literally get into a pissing contest, like, later on <laughs> in this movie as well. That's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but first we have to have our first, like, kind of like semi- werewolf scene mm. um so like he he meets the michelle pfeiffer character 
a couple times and then yeah. they start to have this kind of i i mean he's just honoria uh, points out that he's really just negging her the whole time yes um but it's the movie is portraying this as romantic yeah oh it's awful and then he runs out into the woods to literally eat a deer Yep. And again, it's this animatronic deer that is like, <laughs> you know, it's eyes are moving. It's like this little deer yeah. robot. But the way he's running, it just reminded me of the way Bella would run in Twilight after she became a vampire. <laughs> yes. It's shot it very, very similarly. Yeah. yeah. And they have like the scene of him, like it's almost like the stereotypical werewolf like shot of he's like on this, like it looks like um the rock and Lion King. And he has the moon behind him and he howls he actually yes. howls it's incredible yeah. i will say they must have given jack nicholson a lot of money to do that to howl oh yeah to howl for sure mm-hmm. yeah this is like i don't understand yeah i don't even understand why he would take this role but maybe yeah. the script looked good i don't know yeah you know, maybe maybe the script looked good it's just not right. executed well um and then we have this completely like nothing scene where he visits this guy this doctor who yes. gives him an a magical amulet that will protect yes. him but then the doctor also wants to get bitten and yes. so he can turn into a wolf and jack nicholson refuses to do it my favorite part though is that it's said too that he can have sex with someone and they'll turn into a werewolf did you catch that like that's what they I think. okay well that explains the ending okay yes and so i kind of zoned out during that part to be honest yeah so the doctor says something about how like he's like you know please bite me i'm getting old i want to you know be strong and live forever or whatever mm-hmm. and you know jack nicholson's kind of like eh, eh. and the doctor's like well we can't you know do it the other way and i forget how he phrases it i think he phrases it like make love or something like something kind of pg but i was like kind of sitting there like how rude how homophobic of you like right right (laughs) you want this so badly and you won't like i'm not sure i'm not saying you need to like change your sexuality but like that seems very homophobic right just take it once and exactly you really want eternal life like "Mm, i could i could die or i could have eternal life and have gay sex once Mm, exactly like yeah Yeah, right (laughs) try it (laughs) you don't even know if you like it or not like just try it (laughs) yeah he doesn't he doesn't want to be one of those gay senior citizens though that jack nicholson hates so much true true yeah yeah Yeah. he'd be on movies about homophobia too yeah yeah He'd be on Oprah saying, I am a gay werewolf. (laughs) I only did it once, but I am a gay werewolf. Sign of the end times. I'm a a queer wolf. Queer wolf. Oh my god. That's the remake. We gotta do this as a remake. That's the remake. Oh, yeah, anyways, that scene does... Except he gets, yeah, like the amulet, I think you said. and He gets the amulet, and we never see this Doctor character ever again. No, no. At this point, it becomes a different movie. We don't really see any of the other characters again. James Spader will eventually pop back up, but we don't really see anybody else. It, It becomes about Nicholson turning into a wolf. He goes to the zoo... To, like mm. eat an animal or something i couldn't even quite figure out why he was going to the zoo and that's yeah. when david schwimmer tries to arrest him yeah and then the only black people in the movie are these three muggers who try to rob him yes. in the park 
and he eats at least one of them yeah and takes the like bites the fingers off another one mm-hmm. and that's when we get back to he he also doesn't have memory of this when he wakes up so yeah. he ends up as you said just asking for his job back and getting it and then christopher Plummer also allows him to tell uh Stuart that he has taken his job this is great yeah. management so he tells him like while he's peeing will yep. tells him that he's taking his job back and james spader's getting mad and arguing with him and jack nicholson is peeing and then he just keeps arguing and so jack nicholson just turns while he's peeing and just starts <laughs> peeing all over him he's like what are you doing and he goes i'm marking my territory so good iconic jack nicholson <laughs> bathroom scenes number two the shining number one this one <laughs> Very true. Yes, I agree. This one's much more interesting. Much more. That watch Mojo's next video. Iconic Jack Nicholson bathroom scenes. <laughs> oh my gosh! And Jack Nicholson, yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's done this in real life. So, oh, he absolutely. Just seems like that kind of guy. He would. Yeah. And they they get in like a little bit of a physical altercation, mm. and he somehow accidentally bites the James Spader character. Yeah. I actually like Which... missed that entirely. I was very confused when James Vader started to turn. I was like, when did that happen? But yeah. It's very <laughs> contrived because there's no reason for him to bite him. No. They just needed, you know, I would think if, if like you can have sex with someone and, and turn them into a werewolf, maybe he should have like peed in his mouth or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like all hairy, you know, or something like that. Like, is it the fluid exchange is that what's yeah. doing it you know right right yeah. or like he pees yeah. on his arm and instantly like all his werewolf hair just like sprouts <laughs> up on his arm that would have been fun that would have been very fun <laughs> yeah so we're finally getting into the last act of this movie when something related to wolfing happens mm-hmm. so he ends up going to see uh he him and michelle pfeiffer getting a hotel room together or something and he bumps into his ex-wife who honestly i i still did not even know this woman was his wife i thought she was like a long-term live-in girlfriend right right i was very yeah i was confused by the scene because i did not remember her from the beginning i was like who is this woman what is happening very confusing and he dismisses her so quickly yeah yeah which i love honestly Go off, Jack Nicholson. Go <laughs> yes. off, Will. And she's like begging for him to take her back. Yes. He doesn't want to take her back. And this shot, there's there's not a lot of even good shots in this movie, but there is a good shot because the Michelle Pfeiffer is kind of framed in the background as watching mm. this. And the way the depth of focus worked was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but now we get into Michelle Pfeiffer and Jack Nicholson finally have their like love affair, which is because yeah. he looks like her dad. You know, yeah. he... He just, like, works for her dad. The dynamics here are so strange. Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned it. Like, I think I've kind of said some things. But, like, Jack Nicholson looks his... I don't like to, like, body shame or look shame. He looks his absolute worst in this movie. I don't think he's ever looked worse. He just... I don't know if he was, you know, coked out or whatever. But he just looks really, really bad and, like, sweaty and just... He's not looking, and Jack Nicholson is not a bad looking guy. Like he, he's not my type, but like a lot of people like him. <laughs> but a lot of people like, yeah. So disheveled and a mess. And, and again, it's like 
peak Michelle Pfeiffer hotness. So it makes just no. And again, you know, you mentioned it before. It's not even like he's like this like really sweet romantic. I he had oh my god, I almost forgot to mention this. It happened earlier in the movie, but he utters probably the most disgusting line I've ever heard in any movie ever. And I've watched a lot of disgusting movies. Michelle Pfeiffer like invites him back to her place for dinner or something. And she says, you know, I'm sorry, all I have is PB and J. And he says, peanut butter and jelly is like mother's milk to me. Disgusting. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's Dis- right. I literally almost <laughs> vomited. I was like, that is the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. Awful. Uh, so yeah. yeah, their dynamic, do not understand. Do no. not get it. Even a little bit. You don't need a disheveled 50-something-year-old man who refers to good food as mother's milk and as treats you milk. like shit. Exactly. Yeah. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. 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 He Awful. and he was not ever to me a romantic lead. Yeah. So it's so odd that this movie tries to make itself out to be like a romance at times. Yes. Yeah. There's supposed to be these like very tender moments and it just does not. And actually initially at the beginning, this movie also so this is one of the first times I think in a while that neither of us had seen this movie before the podcast, right? Well, I thought I hadn't oh, seen it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then I was like, the first 45 minutes I had seen, yeah. I was just yes. like, well, I was sitting there. I was like, is there another movie where David Hyde Pierce is someone's goofy <laughs> assistant? Because he's what I remembered the most. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm looking it up. I'm like, this has to be it. And then certain scenes would happen. And I'd be like, I've seen this. I, But I had not seen him become a wolf yet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think I got up so to you the saw, mother's like- milk scene. Yeah, and you had to turn it off. Yeah. Um, because this movie kind of probably post markets, like I don't think I think maybe at the time it had better marketing, but like just the description on like the back of the DVD case and like from like the short synopsis, it seems like what happens is like that Jack Nicholson's character becomes this wolf and becomes obsessed with Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. And like the back has this like photo of Michelle Pfeiffer holding a gun so it to me I was like oh so the evolution of this movie is going to be that he becomes like literally obsessed with her and like a stalker and you know like that's where the action of the movie takes place spoiler alert that is not what happens um so the whole time I'm watching this movie I'm like waiting for Michelle Pfeiffer to like pick up that this is not a good guy (laughs) and it Again, spoiler alert, does not happen. No, and the whole conflict is literally that he took James Spader's job yes, like, away exactly. from him. Yeah, so strange. It's so strange. Their love scene is thankfully mostly off camera mm-hmm. and still icky. There And there's a weird shot. You see Michelle Pfeiffer's bareback and her character has what I assume is supposed to be a spider tattoo on her shoulder. Mm. But the spider's legs are so short. It just looks like a tick to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, well, she spends a lot of time with horses. They get ticks, you know? That's true. It's, yeah. And, and I bet honor. wolves get ticks. That's true. That is true. Dogs definitely mm-hmm. do. So. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's symbolism. 
It's some sort of symbolism. She, yeah. yeah. I mean, he probably is going to, as soon as they get together, he's going to be like, you're a dick and uh, yeah, treat her like yeah. garbage. But anyway, they're so romantic and in love. And then he, after they, after they make love, he goes out into Central Park and howls uh -huh. again. They show yeah. everybody in Central Park just being like, Whoa! like looking around <laughs> the howling. Yeah. And the next morning, the, police detectives come and tell him that his wife has been found murdered in Central mm -hmm. Park. And that's when I'm like, his wife? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't give, a, he doesn't react. He doesn't nope. give a shit at all. Yes. Right. Like, I under, like, understand that she cheated on you, but just totally stone face, no reaction, no reaction, mm -hmm. light work, nothing. And then he is concerned that he might have actually killed her because he blacks mm -hmm. out when he's a werewolf. And then Michelle Pfeiffer is concerned that he's going to be like framed. Maybe I don't know what her concern is even at this yeah. point. Yeah. Because she goes into overdrive to try to hide him from the police and then get him out of the country. Mm -hmm. And but then she starts to wonder if maybe he did kill the wife because she realizes he has super hearing and he had mud on his shoes. And yeah. so she goes down to the police station to deliver a statement. They have a this scene where it's like the mother of one of the black kids who Jack Nicholson ate. And she says, if it was some rich white kid's fingers, they would have found him by now. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you making this statement in this movie? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're literally the only black people in this entire film. Yeah. Especially because it happens literally in the background. Like the camera is not even on them. It's on Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, yeah. It's, it's it's a very so bizarre weird. choice. Yeah. So strange. And she ends up bumping into the James Spader character who is about to turn into a werewolf. He has different, he has yes. these eye uh, contact lenses in. Yes. He's acting so weird, but fun. Yeah. This is the um, scene where I think, doesn't he like sniff her from like head to like, like it's, it's not subtle. Like he literally is yes. like. <laughs> oh Yeah disgusting yeah oh he's so over the top it's a lot of yep. fun and <laughs> she ends up then thinking that he must have been the one that killed the wife mm -hmm. so she runs back home and he follows her there's a big wolf fight there yeah. is this like unnecessarily brutal like rape danger sequence mm. when he is wrestling michelle pfeiffer and like flipping her around and like literally yeah. pulling her legs open and like wheelbarrowing her towards him. I'm like, yeah, this does not need to be this graphic. Like this is a, exactly. a lot. Yeah. Do you know what this movie is rated? It's R. It's R. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very uncomfortable to watch. It was, that was, uh, that was a little over the top. And yeah. then the wolf fights were a lot of like, launching a stunt man off a springboard yes. like yeah. that type of the wolf is then going through the air which seems yeah. like a very difficult stunt to do and there mm -hmm. is a stunt in this where i was like how did they do this because they just like throw a guy into what looks like concrete stairs yes yeah that looked painful right i was like maybe the stairs are made of rubber and it's a movie trick but yeah. they just like show this person just like smashing into the stairs right or they just have like no regards for that one oh. specific person <laughs> they draw the stunt people draw out straws they're like oh fuck yeah. i'm on stair duty 
<laughs> and they 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 get all like they, they cut each other up. Someone gets stabbed with a pitchfork. There's lots yeah. of leaping. Anyway, Laura, I don't think I've even said the Michelle Pfeiffer character's oh name. God. Laura yeah. uh shoots Stuart uh a lot and he yeah. like turns back into James Spader and dies. And we get this kind of like almost like Beauty and the Beast sequence because Jack Nicholson is <laughs> extra beastie and she's yeah. just kind of like holding his oh, gross no. little paw. Ugh. And <laughs> and so he like escapes into the woods and then the police show up and Michelle Pfeiffer has showered and put on a lot of eyeliner and uh -huh. she comes down the stairs and is saying that you know, will ran away or something right but then we realize that she now has super senses because she can yes. smell the vodka on the detective's breath right and the final scene of the movie she walks away she has the golden werewolf eyes yep the camera then shifts into like wolf puppet like animatronic wolf puppet that i think is that is supposed to be jack nicholson now which is interesting because now he's turned in he was like hairy jack nicholson man but now right. he appears to be a four-legged he he's a dog wolf he's a he's, dog yeah he's a puppy yeah and he's and then puppy. so they show the they show the puppy and then they go back to michelle pfeiffer's eyes and zoom in on them and then right. it's over it's over they're gonna be running around in the vermont woods jumping in front of cars together yeah, yeah the end the end great that's it so let's take a break <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into our we'll talk a little bit more about this in our gothic roundup and we'll decide is it gothic all right ghosties we're back with our gothic roundup all gothic films have four categories a girl a guy a house and a haunt and I think we can approach this as a gothic if we were to view it from the Michelle Pfeiffer character perspective, mm, which the yeah. movie does not. Yes. But if it would be, she would be the girl and Will would very clearly be the guy. Yes. He's a typical gothic guy. No real yeah. regard for her. Kind of, I don't even really understand his attraction to her either. Right. Or his goals it goes with both her. ways. Yeah. Yeah. But the article written by miss honoria on medium mm -hmm. has a lot not a lot of positive things to say about the <laughs> will character <laughs> and she, one of the things we we hinted at was the treatment of his wife mm -hmm. and she writes that the movie's treatment of will's wife is especially bad she cheats on him and then after will's first night with laura is revealed to have had her throat ripped out Will doesn't spare a thought to the woman he's lived with for years. The implication is that she got what was coming to her. And the mm -hmm. only concern is that the police suspect he was the killer. And let's see. He says that if you need a highly symbolic version of this particular man-woman dynamic, after Will's first heart-to-heart -heart with Laura, he feels compelled to go into the woods, find a doe, and rip her throat out. He wakes up in the forest smeared with blood in a way that, if he were a woman in film, would clearly be coded as a sexual awakening. Ooh. This person is so smart. <laughs> She's very good. She should I'm write a movie annoyed. herself. Yeah. Yeah. We're rooting for you. We're uh, definitely rooting for Honoria. Maybe that's why she's not blogging anymore because she's yes. got a script in the works. I hope so. Um, yeah. I mean, he's awful <laughs> to paraphrase. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I guess, like you said, the only way to look at it as 
I feel like I bring it up all the time, but it's like, it's just my touchstone for gothic movies is Crimson Peak. Like Tom Hiddleston's character is kind of a dickhead, but like he has a real motivation, a real attraction to the character in it. He sort of brings her into this world for malicious reasons, but like, you know, it evolves into something else. I just, there's no nuance in Will's character and why Michelle Pfeiffer gets kind of I mean even just the fact that she has no reason to be there besides she's just the daughter of the the boss like it's not even like she works there or you know she has any other sort of connection to him or the publishing world or the things he's going through literally there's just no reasoning for her to be there so it's kind of like very gothic in a sense because it's like Mm -hmm. whoopsie daisy i fell into this problem into this world um but at the same time i mean there's just there's nothing there in terms of characterization or motivation or anything like that yeah i think that the script is pretty bad like the idea Mm -hmm. could be interesting and it's hard to tell whose fault that is because there were two credited screenwriters along with the as wikipedia said the uncredited elaine may i have no idea what she may have done on this script but allegedly again according to to wikipedia the the first screenwriter left because he had creative differences with the director Mm-hmm. And he said in an interview, quote, I wanted Dionysian, but he wanted Apollonian. I don't know what that means. I, it's, yeah. too, it's all Greek to me. And <laughs> um, he said, he took my wolf and made it into a chihuahua. <laughs> I cracked up for 10 minutes and then went out into the country and stood in front of a wolf den and apologized while my dog hid under the truck. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. That dialogue right there, that quote, has more interest and intrigue to me than the entire Wolf movie. So I see where he's coming from. I want to find his screenplay and see, like, how different is it? Exactly. Um, It's true, though. Like, there's just, it's, it, it really is two different movies. I think you kind of, you know, alluded to that at the beginning when we were talking about it. It really is two different movies. You have this mm-hmm. publishing house, um, you know, it, that might have worked with like Michelle Pfeiffer's character and, you know, because again, she's kind of just thrown it. And then you have like the wolf aspect and it just feels so shoehorned and the character... <laughs> the characters don't match the movie and it, it you know so again like you said you know the best way to look at it is probably from her perspective but it's still it's hard to look at it from her perspective when she doesn't really have one she has no viewpoint yeah 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 we do have some cool houses in this movie yeah. her rich estate is quite mm-hmm. uh exciting and yeah. the publishing house even though this is like feels like a very new york movie was actually the bloomsbury building in la where a lot of movies were shot so this very new york movie was shot in la um (laughs) so um I, i was gonna ask so is that an actual publishing building because bloomsbury i know is 
Right. Yeah. I, yeah. If in, in my skimming of the Wikipedia piece, um, I don't think it was, I think Bloomsbury, um, was a, they're a British publisher. Yeah. So I don't know if they ever had a history with this building or if it's just a oh, similar, okay. similar Interesting. name. Hmm. Yeah. It feels like a very British publishing building. They nailed it. Bloom, Bloomsbury. Bloomsbury. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Roger Ebert, though, did point out that he called the estate that Michelle Pfeiffer lives on a gothic main house with oh. rambling outbuildings and guest cottages. He says the atmosphere adds to the effect. It would be difficult to stage a werewolf story in a condo. <laughs> it would be difficult, but I almost feel like it would be more interesting. <laughs> I would yeah. love to see a condo werewolf. Um, but no, I do love her house. And um, I don't think horses, I don't think we've ever said they're bonus gothic. And I don't technically think they should be. But in this movie, they add this sort of like gothic mm. air, especially the way that they react to him and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, in this in this particular movie, I think we could count horses as a bonus gothic. And there are a lot of horses in some of, in a lot of the movies we've talked about, too. Yeah. Only because there was no other form of transportation. Right. I was going to say a lot of times they just act as transport, like mm-hmm. you know, Sleepy Hollow. What are you going to do? Just <laughs> do that movie on like bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I guess that but the, we do get that we all think at the image I feel like the image of the horse rearing back on yeah. its hind legs with the hooves that's that's the gothic I think is the horse yes. going nay and like You're rearing right. back that's what, right. so just a horse not gothic but if the yeah. horse goes back on its hooves and neighs <laughs> yes. that is gothic that's gothic yeah and a this movie does that, yeah this movie has so many shots of spooked horses so many so many yeah like those poor horses were constantly getting spooked i know what were they doing to them um not funny i'm sure no animals were harmed yeah in the filming better not have been yeah besides the (laughs) the wolf animatronics yes and the deer the the deer animatronic yeah the deer animatronic did get its throat ripped out sorry yeah and like bent in half he like (sighs) yeah yeah um so our haunt is lycanthropy werewolfism yes um i don't think we've had a werewolf before i was just gonna ask you that i don't don't think we have we've done a couple of vampires at this point Mm -hmm. i don't think we've done pretty standard um how do you feel about werewolves um i guess i'm kind of indifferent they're one of those like cryptid you know adjacent things that I've just never really had a connection with you know I can't think of a single werewolf movie that I've ever watched that Mm. has like stuck with me um obviously Twilight is a big you know werewolf representation Mm -hmm. um and I like the werewolves pack and since four that's about it that's all I got yeah there was also did you ever watch True Blood no, are there werewolves in that? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, they show up in the third or fourth season and then just won't go away. Oh, no, so they're not fun? I don't think they're fun. I think they're just there because HBO wanted there to be naked people in the show. And so Fair. it's the easiest way for them to transform and then transform back without clothes. Yes, yeah. And just Actually, be very you... blasé about it. Yeah. Have you ever watched... Um... What's that movie? The comedy about the vampires. Um, what we do in the shadows. 
Mm, I think I saw part of it a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, the werewolves in that movie are very, very funny. Um, I like the idea of, because like their whole joke is kind of like that they're like dogs. So I like I like werewolves in a funny way because it is quite funny if you think of it, like what happens to them is, you know, it's just at night, you know, full moon, ooh, you know, yeah. they turn, they get hairy, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a strange concept. I've never been yes. that big of a fan of them. Yeah. They, the, they're always, yeah, kind of dopey. They're, yes. you know, ruled by their libido, the werewolf. Mm. Often in, when there's the werewolf-vampire dichotomy, it's like the vampires are intelligent yes. and cold and the werewolves and very, like, are suave. like physical and passionate yes. Yes. in the romance idea. But then, but then there's the whole like, I feel like a lot of people, I, I shouldn't quantify, but there's a big overlap between people who like werewolves and furries. Yes. Yeah. And that's a I, subsection of the population that I yeah. haven't quite figured out. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Um, yeah, definitely. Cause I think there's something about the mix of like human animal and furries always, always with the furries, they always seem to be wearing cut off jeans. All, and that's a big mm. werewolf style choice. Yeah. They love the cutoff jeans. Like no matter yeah. what animal furries are doing, I feel like it's always cutoff jeans. That's true. So, yeah. And and they're often wolves too. And I, I feel yeah. like there's, like if someone is like, my favorite animal is a wolf. I'm always like, ooh, how long is it going to be before I see a picture of you and your fursona yeah. or like yeah. that you're going to a furry conference? <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like that's exactly. it like it's a slippery slope and i'm just like did you really like wolves as an animal and then you became a furry is it right like, the chicken and the egg situation yeah like and it's like how much do you like wolves you know what are we mm -hmm. what are we talking about here yeah. yeah yeah agreed so we have as you said bonus gothic a horse uh rearing up on its hooves spooked horse yep. Yep. We have romantic rival in this. Oh, that's James true. Spader's character is both a romantic and professional rival. Yeah. But it's kind of lacking in other things. There's no panano. Yeah. No panano. No, um, it's black cat one. No black cat. cats. Nope. No rocking chairs. No rocking chairs. Surprisingly, a lack of cats in this movie. I feel like yeah. every werewolf movie, there's always like one cat that's like, you know. And you'd think there'd be, especially in publishing, some, I don't know, author who carries yeah. around a cat or something right. but then hits yeah. at him right and she'd that be like maribel never does that before you know it like you know it'd just be part of the scene yeah. <laughs> i don't know what's gotten into her yes. it's exactly right <laughs> yes it needed more of that yeah yeah so what do you think though after this is this movie gothic no personally maybe gothish on the low end but you know again this you know go ahead and say what you think it is and then i'll kind of add my secondary thoughts yeah i think i'm gonna vote goth ish again mm -hmm. just if we view it from the michelle pfeiffer's perspective to yeah. try to give her some sort of viewpoint um that's true the fact that there is none uh makes it like bad gothish but still gothish <laughs> yes. yeah because yeah. i was gonna opinion. say like yes this is you know like i mentioned earlier this was really one of the first times in a long time that we both went into this movie without really knowing even though you did end up having seen it we kind so of went weird. into it both not really knowing what to expect and i think a lot of times when i go into a movie because most of the times i haven't seen the movie 
But if you're suggesting the movie, I'm going into it expecting, you know, like really looking for those gothic beats. And this one, you know, the expectation was kind of not set for me. So I couldn't really look for the beats. And then in retrospect, speaking with it with you, I was, you know, it made me really clarify. Yeah, I don't personally think so, but that's also you know just our our little metric yeah i think i say you've swayed me no gothic <laughs> no gothic you know no but gothic. it was you know i like doing movies like this though where we both go in without you know a clear you know i, I think we kind of had like a long run of pretty gothic movies that we've done yes. recently so it's yep. kind of fun watching a movie that you know we both kind of approach without that you know, expectation of it immediately mm-hmm. being gothic. And uh, I'm glad we got to watch a werewolf movie because even though they're not that fun, I we got to see Jack Nicholson howl. We got to see Jack Nicholson howl. And I think out of all the different uh, paranormal entities, werewolves to me are like the least gothic. So this yes. might be, not that I'm very well versed in werewolf cinema, but I feel like this mm. might be the most gothic werewolf movie, even though that's not saying that. a lot. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because werewolves definitely lean more creature feature, you Mm -hmm. know, than, and, you know, it's kind of like what you mentioned, you know, the vampires are very astute and very, you know, cunning. And I imagine them using like a lot of like hand gestures, whereas (laughs) werewolves are very brutish. They just have paws. They have paws. They have paws. Mm -hmm. They're little, little puppy paws. (laughs) Uh, well thank you thank you amanda and thank you ghosties for listening to us break down wolf please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts you can rate and review us on spotify or apple podcasts and follow us on instagram we've been posting a couple things there including hints about what we'll discuss next so until then stay ghosty boo bye bye Thank you.